Unfortunately, we don't really have any football to bet on right now until this weekend. Um, we're a program, you know, we're going to kind of button up football before we like dive balls deep into college basketball. And when that happens, we'll kind of recap everything that's happened and just give an overview of what's going on in the sport right now. Um, but until then, we're still going to button up college football or college football and give out like, you know, we're going to we're going to have a pick on every single college bowl game, right? Have to. Or at least I'm going to. I don't know if you will, because I know about around this time your interest really starts to taper off because you're full on into college basketball mode. Oh, I, I like I know that. Like I've been super hard into college basketball, and it's been, it's. Like I told you today, we can connect on Ken Palm. We can connect the third team on Ken Palm's rankings to 361 in transitive properties. It's pretty fucking wild right now. So we'll we'll dive into that. But until then, we're going to cover a lot of the offseason moves that have happened so far. So I'm going to kick it over to my college football guy, my good buddy Connor Holiday, and he's going to kind of run through because, again, College football is awesome, and I love the regular season. The off season might be more entertaining than the actual like actual season. I mean, uh, football season's ended, but I, I mean, I feel like like during my week, I'm constantly looking at lines and like storylines as far as like what's going on in games to try to figure out good picks this time or this. Right now, this off-season shit, I'm on my phone, but it's constantly checking 24-7. It's checking Twitter. It's checking, like, Chris Hummer, Steve Whitlongs, all those guys' Twitters, like, to know what the fuck is going on because the portal is, I mean, it's, there's no real words to describe what the transfer portal really is other than the biggest clusterfuck ever. I mean, there's more quarterbacks in the transfer portal than there are FBS schools, if that tells you anything. Yes. It's like somebody's going to commit to a school and they're not going to be the starter. So just to get us started, like we haven't really broken down any of the coaching carousel, so just start going off. Uh, or going through some of the schools that have named their head coach and just give out our opinions on them. You want to grade them? Obviously, Texas. I'm not good at grading, 
but I'll give like I'll grade them. What I my honest opinion. Okay, you give your grades. All right. Well, I mean, your first grade is going to be very interesting because we'll get started with Texas A and M with Mike Elko. I'm obviously like I've given nothing but praise to Mike Elko for what he's done at Duke. This is. I am worried because this is a totally different beast. Like, I know we make fun of Texas boosters. Texas A&M boosters are a lot more delusional, in my opinion, because they really haven't won shit in their lifetimes, and they have national championship aspirations. Granted, I think this is a great hire, in my opinion. I also... This sucks for both of us because I know this is your head coach, but they also took my OC, Colin Klein, from Kansas State, which I think is going to be a great hire. I thought it was going to be a matter of time before he started moving up his moving up the ranks in college football. But I mean, what's your opinion on the hire? Let's see. Let's hear your grade. I think it's a home run. I think it's an A. I don't know who like if it would be an A plus was Urban Meyer, like that was the name that was floated out there. That would have been like the top guy, but you got a guy who coached at your university. It's not a sexy hire, but the things that he did at Duke in two seasons, he knocked off Clemson. He could have. He was an injury away from probably knocking off Notre Dame, and honestly, he was probably Riley Enter. Riley Leonard injury away from possibly winning the AC or at least competing for an ACC title. And my big thing is I just hope that Texas A&M gives him a chance in time because like you said, their expectations far succeed their prior success on the field. Like I think Johnny Manziel kind of screwed over Texas A&M's expectations for your program. Like, you have not been successful. Yes. For, you really never. I, I They probably competed for an SEC title. I'm just forgetting it. But, like, this program's, they have not. They have not. Not, the best to my knowledge was, what was that, that 10-1 season in in the COVID year? Was it that or something be, like that? That sound. I mean, they also but, they won double digit games. I mean, the, you, their last their last national championship was like in the 1930s or something like that. Playing and it's a claim national. Cha- it's one of those claim national championships. So who knows how like true those national championships? Are. But still, like I'm in agreement with you. I think it is an A. It's just all about giving him time. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying, like, give him 10 years. Just give him – you can't push him at, right out the door, like, right away. He's mm-hmm. a damn good football coach, and he's going to win you games in Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. He, he got kids to go to Duke to play hard. I think he can get guys at Texas A&M to play hard. All right, next hire, Michigan State with Jonathan Smith. I am very interested to see how this hire goes. I really don't know how this will go because, like, 
I think from the developmental standpoint, this is a great hire for Michigan State. It's just, I mean, I guess it wasn't as, like, big of a hire as I thought it was going to be. Granted, I do think Jonathan Smith has done wonderful things. Thing. Just like I, I mean, he's putting all of his chips into the middle of the table, and let's see what happens. I like it too. I was sad to see him go from Oregon State. He's most likely going to bring. We'll get into the transfer later, but he's most likely going to bring Childs with him. The coveted. I don't know if he was a five or four star quarterback, but a guy that I thought was better than the starter in DJU with him. I just. I think it's I think it's a really really good hire, but similar to Texas A&M situation with Washington, USC, UCLA, and Oregon coming to the Big Ten, and obviously Ohio State and Washington are there as well. I really think Michigan State needs to look at their program and understand what they are. Like I think nine wins for Michigan State nowadays. Eight wins, that's a good season. You're not competing for the playoff spot. Like you're you're just not. Like there's the conference is too good. Like you're it's just not gonna happen. Am I crazy? Well, it would have to be like is build, build, and then that fourth year when all those players are like seniors and they're in their fourth year of development, that's when you have the breakthrough, like what was it, the year that they won the Big Ten when they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten uh, championship? Like, they are habit, like the, Michigan State has made it to a playoff. You just have – it's not going to be an every year thing. It's going to have to build, build, build until that, like, fourth year when you have all those guys as seniors, that's when it hits. Yeah, no, no, you're – that's spot on. You you go, you build, 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 and then that last year you go for it, and then it's unfortunately kind of a reset. But I do love the hire. I don't think anybody can really argue with that. He's done wonders at Oregon State. All right, next one. Houston hires Willie Fritz. What? I don't know, man. That's surprised to see him take the job, to be honest with you. Like, I know Houston's got a lot of money. And especially after you hear, like, there was people pulling up clips of him and how he was talking about he wants to retire here in Tulane and he loves it here with his family. Sound like Brian Kelly. And then opts to take the mm-hmm. Houston job. Which, dude, like let alone players, but, like, football coaches, like, they're going to lie straight to your face. If you're a fan base and the coach tells you he wants to die here, he's not. He's just looking for the next opportunity. But, obviously, he had a lot of success at Tulane, which, I don't know, man. I think he, if he was looking for, like, on-field success, he probably would have been better off staying in Tulane. I think they would have had a better chance to make the playoff. But, He's a damn good football coach. I mean, Houston can't complain about it too much. I don't know, because here's my thing with, like, your idea that better chance to make the playoff at Tulane. The thing is, 
you go you're going into the Big Twelve where you're also in a very, very, very good talent pool in Houston. I mean, he was already ha- having success with Louisiana. Like that success can carry over to Houston. And like the town, ta- like if he was already able to do good wonders with the Louisiana talent pool, I can only imagine what he could do with the Houston talent pool. So, like for that reason, I do like it. But I don't know. For with Tulane, you only have one spot really, or one chance of getting into the playoff. That's the power five or group of five uh, invite invite if they even actually follow through with that because god only knows and at least with houston in the big 12 like the two power plays are gone in oklahoma and texas now you did add some a lot of teams that are on the same level of what houston could be at its peak but i mean i I like the hire. It's just I like I liked Willie Fritz at Tulane so much better. Yeah, but I was I honestly thought that he could get a better job than the Houston job. But yeah. it reminds me a lot of the Jamie Chatwell situation, where we thought he had a way bigger opportunity than Liberty, but that's ultimately what he decided to go to. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next one. Uh, Indiana hires uh, Kurt Signetti, the James Madison coach. This is like the first one where I really, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, you, uh, how many, do you know how many years he was at James Madison? Not off the top of my head. Because I, I was just. Let's see. I will look, I'll, I keep going, I'll look it up. Um. So, like, I mean, this is just my idea is just more predicated. James Madison's been good for a while. I just don't know if Signetti's been behind them the whole time or if this is kind of like an app state situation where it's just like continuous success and every so often coach gets hired off, coach gets hired off, but that school still has the continuous success. I know that Virginia is very, very good when it comes to talent or college football talent. Um, I mean, for for the fan base, like seeing that uh, when they brought him into Assembly Hall, fan base seems excited. I just, I, I don't know. He's been there since 2019. So he wasn't there for the national title. Or the FCS one, but I mean, hmm. jumping up to the FCS after one year and having as much success as he has had, I think it's a good hire. I Indiana's a job for me, though. I don't think I would ever take. Like you're, you're shut of luck. Like you're gonna lose a lot of games. With the divisions opening mm-hmm. up, though, at least they can have like favorable seasons where maybe the schedule breaks their way and they can win nine games or something. Like, they dodge all the big boys. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, good luck at Indiana, man. Like, 
he's a hell of a football coach. You're not going to get kids to go there. And if you make a bowl, like if you're in Indiana and you make bowl games, that should be a good season, in my opinion, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Good, good luck to him. I think it's a good hire. He's a good coach. Just not a job I would ever take. Like, I'm, I'm very much now grain of money talks. So put a contract in front of me. I might think differently. I think I would take a power or a group of five powerhouse over a mid-level to low-level um, P4 job. That's just me, though. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't really thought that through much. Um, all right, next hire. Uh, Mississippi State hires uh, Jeff Levy, the Oklahoma offensive coordinator who's just he's been a career offensive coordinator i do believe and this is his first shot at head coach and uh i mean as a resident mississippi state fan i like the hire because like we talked about with mississippi state in order to be successful like you have to have some sort of like gimmick, especially on offense that makes you hard to game plan against. And I think with how good of an offensive coordinator Levy's been, I think he's got the ability to like, obviously he's not going to run Leach's system. He's going to run his own, but just the fact that it's going to be high powered, they're going to try to put up as many points and be in as many games as possible. Like, I like the hire. Yeah, I did too. Um, Blake Shapin, right? As transfer there? Huh? Blake Shapin. Who? Correct. Uh, I do it's, believe. I'm, I'm like 99% sure it's Blake Shapin. So he's got a quarterback that has played in a Big 12 title game. He might have won it. I don't even remember. It's been a while. Either way. Yeah, he yeah, he was the quarterback for that Baylor team. Either way, good hire. Um very hard to win at Mississippi State. Not a lot of resources. You're in a really tough conference. Um talent pool Mississippi's okay, but you normally lose out to the those guys end up going to Bama and Georgia if they are like five stars or four stars. But put it Levy that's gonna run some sort of an air raid type of system. You gotta be different if you're like if if your hands are tied behind your back and you're trying to win football games, you got to be different. And he's going to do that. Um, obviously has shown some success at Oklahoma, so I mean I like it. Um, just again, similar again to the Texas A&M thing. You got to if you're Mississippi State, got to have expectations. Going to bowl games isn't the, isn't the worst thing in the world. Nope. Uh next hire, honestly. Like, the more I've learned about this coach, the more I love this hire. Uh, Syracuse hires Fran Brown. I know if we listened to an earlier episode when you actually broke the news that Fran Brown was hired. Like, then I started to dive into Fran Brown and hearing some of the people talk about Fran Brown. I love this hire for Syracuse. He is from New Jersey, and obviously, like, he's had a lot of success at Georgia with the secondary, and I think that's going to be something that translates 
translates to Syracuse, you can already see that, like, obviously, like, I follow the recruiting, transfer portal, everything that's going on, and just there seems to be the, this kind of pull to Fran Brown, whether it's coaches or recruits. Like, I'm seeing Syracuse pop up for some of these players, and I'm just like, he might have something going on there. Uh, but thoughts on Fran Brown? It's probably a hire that's – it's a home – I wouldn't say a home run hire, but it's a, like, boomer bus kind of hire. No coaching experience outside of being a position coach. He's never been a coordinator. But bringing a guy in from Georgia who's had the pedigree of back-to-back national champions and is coached under Kirby Smart, who I think we can all agree is probably the best coach in the sport right now. If you're Syracuse, mm-hmm. I be happy. Because who otherwise you're going to pull some probably average coordinator at an average school or like an FCS guy or a G5 guy. You have a guy who's literally been a part of back-to-back national champions. And that should say something. Like, that's a big... You're taking a risk, but it's a guy who has been a part of a lot of winning, and I think that means a lot. So this could go amazingly, or it could just blow up in his fucking face. I have no idea. But I th- I'm glad you're Syracuse. Who cares? Fire him in three years if he sucks. Like, who cares? Alan. Uh, all right. Oregon State hired, or, well, didn't really hire, but promoted D.C. Trent Bray to the head coach. Um, I mean, with everything that is going on with Oregon State, obviously your two quarterbacks just hit the portal. Your head coach is gone. Uh, you have no idea what you, what conference you're playing in next season. I think it was kind of the right idea to have uh, just some continued continuity with the coaching staff. So I think for that reason, it's a good hire. I just I don't know how well it's going to work. So. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I I kind of agree with the move in the time, like the timing of the move. You don't really know, like you said, what conference you're going to play in. There's still a lot of interchangeable parts. So just kind of promote within and just try to keep the same camaraderie you've had because the team's been very good over the last couple years, especially for Oregon State standards. And then when if he fails and you make a move, you go to a conference, then get your guy. Unfortunately, you think promoting with him would keep a lot of players. There's everybody's transferring out. So it might be a long season next season for Oregon State. Granted, though, if they're playing against the Mountain West schedule, like I know the Mountain West is good, but you're still Oregon State. You still got a lot of good guys on there. You can you might be able to win ten games. So I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but I will say this. It is weird and how they're going to deal with this because technically the Pac-12 still has an automatic bid regardless of what happens this season. It has not changed. So No, I know, but does, there's also a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that are trying to change that. Yeah, because ESPN's a bullshit company and they're corrupt. 
so they will find a way to fuck them over. They will find a way to fuck over 12-0 and Oregon State. But continue. Uh, Mets. Boise State pro, uh, basically promoted their uh, interim head coach who was the D.C. Uh, Spencer Danielson. I mean, obviously fired the head coach. Danielson takes over and they win the Mount West. I think I, I think for that reason, good hire. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to argue with a guy who just won you the Mountain West Conference title? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was... If you're a Boise State fan, there was a lot of rumblings about... God, I'm, 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 his name's escaping me. Who was the coach for the hook and ladder? Ellen Moore. No. That'd oh, be a good hire, too. The coach... Yeah, he was the and he coached Chris at, Peterson. Chris Peterson, yes. Of him or maybe returning to Boise because he still lives in Boise and maybe that would be a a guy there. But unfortunately, like I'm sorry, the guy who brought you out of the dirt and won you the Mountain West, you can't fire him. So good luck to him. I don't know if he's any good or not. But the schedule was also pretty favorable down the stretch, so I'm a little skeptical still on him being like a great home run hire. Yeah, I know, like, just following this, that, like, this is the, this was the right move. Obviously, like, they did want Peterson, which I hate, dude, watching him on Fox, he, he likes it. It's kind of, it's kind of like the thing with Dan Mullins, like, and, like, even Urban. Like, I don't think they're coming back to coaching. I think they like doing what they do. Like they're very good in the it, it, they're very good for their coaching perspective on those shows. Like, especially I don't in, think in this they, day and age too, where it's like coaching's never been harder. Yes, especially yeah. I, I mean, I I can't imagine Urban in the transfer portal era. No, I get like, it. And if you want to go I, I, yeah. from a basketball standpoint, like uh, Jim Beheim and Coach K would still be coaching if it wasn't the transfer portal. I 100% believe that. They still want to do it anymore. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jim Beheim would have oh, yes. died on the sideline like the guy he ran over before he retired. Before he transfer portal. Hey, I didn't have to make the joke this time. No, go. <laughs> no it was me this All time. Right. Nope. Uh, next one, probably my second favorite hire, uh, San Diego State hires Sean Lewis. I love this hire to see what Sean Lewis was doing at Kent State and, like, when he was the offensive coordinator for uh, Colorado, like the pace that they're running. I love his offense so much. And to think that like he's going to get an upgrade from what he had at Kent State as far as a talent pool. And he's going to have a lot faster players. Like this is a guy that like all those Kent State players transferred for a reason, not just because he was leaving, but because they were that fucking good. I mean, Taz Walker was at Kent State. 
Like he was able to find talented players and with the offensive scheme that he runs, I just think this is a great hire for San Diego State. And it sucks for us because we are going to have to stay up late for some San Diego State overs. Yeah, that's – again, I want to come on here and rip some of these hires. There's a lot of – most of the coaching hires I kind of like. I'm not saying they're going to pan out. But one tip I would say to Sean Lewis is you got to make sure – you still get a tough team because playing in California, being in San Diego, and I've lived in California for a couple months too, and it's it's easy to get soft quick. You still got to go to Laramie. You still got to go to Logan and Utah. Like It gets cold. Just get the guys that – get the speedsters, get all that, but you still got to be able to play hard-nosed football because the Mountain West on the road in November and December gets tough. So, But I do like the hire. All right, next one. Uh, James Madison hires Bob Chesney. If you don't know who that is, that was the Holy Cross coach, uh, head coach. And, I mean, if you listen to me and Cody, I love this hire. Uh, We both love Holy Cross, even though we kind of stumbled. Well, you were on them during that BC game and then you got me on to BC or got me on to Holy Cross and they have been our FCS darlings. Granted they didn't make the playoff, but I mean I think this is a great hire. James Madison is a place that has had continue continual success. I think this is just like Chesney's uh like springboard to a potentially better job because I thought there was a chance that he should have gotten like the Syracuse job or some of these other jobs. I I'm pretty sure he was in line to almost get the Duke job. So that's all, that's I think this is a, yeah. So I think this is a little bit of a springboard hire, but I think this is a very good hire. It if you don't know when it comes to FCS, like a lot of those teams up in the northeast it's tough to be very good in the fcs because like the dakotas and the montanas all those schools super fucking tough because they're just built that fucking way and a lot of those teams in the northeast do have struggles but holy cross has been very successful in the fcs and obviously like came what field goal away from beating Boston College in Boston College, where they had probably more fans than Boston College at a Boston College home game. So yeah, I think this is a great hire. This is probably one of my top two hires of the off season. Like this is awesome. Chesney's been nothing but successful everywhere he's went, and yes, unfortunately, like you said, you might turn in. James Madison, you might turn into a springboard kind of program, but is that the worst thing in the world? Like, you're never winning a national title. You'll get to the playoffs every once in a while, but getting a guy in there who can take your program and have them competing for conference titles right away, and then if he does take another job, he takes another job. It's fine. But Bob Chesney, really good fucking football coach. And like you said, everything you said – being in the Northeast, it's hard to be successful in football, especially in the FCS, 
whereas dominated by out by everybody out west. Like you look at the playoff right now, it is South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Montana, and then Albany's mixed in there. And that's all mm-hmm. what Albany is right now is what Bob Chesney's done with Holy Cross for the last four or five years. Like this awesome awesome hire. Uh, next one, Middle Tennessee State hires Derek Mason. Uh, yeah, I have, I have no fucking idea. Big name, I can tell you that. Yeah, definitely. But problem is, is like anybody care about Middle Tennessee State? I mean, they they pop up from time to time. I mean, what was it? Just was it last year or two years ago? They Beat Miami in Miami. I think it was last year, and they almost beat Missouri this year, and still struggled. Yeah. I don't think they made a bowl game. So I mean, you yeah. Get, so you get, you get a guy who coached in the at the Power Five level to come to your school. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, next one. Uh, New Mexico hires Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, listen, I Bronco's name's been mentioned for jobs the last, I'd say, two ever since he left Virginia. And this is the job he comes back for. Like it, it seemed like he had the ability to get a lot better jobs than New Mexico. And this is the job he comes back for. It just, it like when it broke, I was very puzzled. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to look at him right now. Um, look at how I much... want to preface it and say for New Mexico, I love this hire. Bronco Mendenhall is a very, very good head coach. I'm just surprised that this was the job he came back for. So I didn't think he was going to go to a P5. And New Mexico offered him over a million dollars a year to come back, which is a pretty good contract for a G5 job. And I think New Mexico, honestly, you know who Bronco needs to thank for this is Jerry Kill. Because yes, New Mexico sees what he's doing in New Mexico State and offered him a pretty good bag for this contract. And like you said, I thought he could have done better, but good for New Mexico, man. That's awesome. You got a, a guy in there who's been successful about everywhere he goes besides Virginia. So... Uh... All right, next one, Nevada hires uh, Jeff uh, Cody, or I don't know how I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but he is the Texas uh, co-defensive coordinator, and also this was uh, the head coach of Montana State that from 2016 to 2020. Built them up from four and seven to eleven and four, and has kind of made Montana State like have continued success. Like you said, they were or st- they're still alive, right in the FCS. 
Montana State's out. It's Montana. Oh, they out. Okay. I, but I, they, I think they were like good. a – they were a top eight seed, though. So they were good. They just yeah, I, they're always – like now they've been at the top, but like he brought them up from four and eight – or four and seven to 11 and four. So for that reason, like I think this is a very good hire from Nevada. Like let him build up. Um, I know that Nev- – Nevada does get a lot of uh, like good players because there's a lot of players in California that end up coming to uh, the Vegas area and like Reno area, and there is a good talent pool there. So maybe he has the ability to get like a lot of those players from. I know that uh, saying. Uh, or what is it? John Bosco. Is it? What's the big Vegas school? High school. I'm fucking blanking on it. Oh, uh, oh, god damn. God damn. Bishop, Bishop Gorman. Gorman. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. So maybe if you could get a lot of the talented players that are already going there that like maybe aren't getting the P5 offers, like maybe you could keep them there. And get into the Las Vegas area, get into like the Utah area. Hell, go into Montana. You head coach there. Maybe you could find some of those uh, Rust Belt motherfuckers and just turn Nevada back into something. I know that it's kind of hard to win at Nevada. They, they have their ebbs and flows. Like you have the Carson Strong team, you have the uh, Kaepernick teams. But then there's like a whole lot of suck, 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 suck. Yeah. I, I like the hire too. Nevada's kind of going away from their identity a little bit when it comes to coaching hires. They're normally like either a, a castaway coach school or a springboard kind of uh, program, which maybe this is for him. But. I, I like the things he done at Montana State. So they lost this year to North Dakota State in the FCS playoffs, and there's no shame in that. So he built a program no. that was winning. Four Wait, games. was that the one that they lost on the blocked extra point? Uh, yeah, 35-34. I know North Dakota yeah, State's that's crazy. A game away from competing for the for the title. So, and we'll just hit on it now. Did you see the news that like? North Dakota State's uh, head coach is now becoming like the linebacker coach at uh, USC. Yeah, which is I love for USC. I think it's a home run. I'm just kind of like for like North Dakota State. I'm kind of pissed he's leaving right now in the middle. No, of he's the he's coaching the playoff. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 100%. I there saw was some... so much. There were some reports that were misleading. He is coaching the playoff until it's done. Okay. Okay. But okay. For that reason, then I do like the hire. Of, like, let you build some toughness. I just, you think that, because I'm pretty sure Kleiman went straight from the North Dakota State job to the Kansas State head coach. Like, I'm surprised that, like, that's the hire that hires away the North Dakota State coach. Yeah, I want to see how much he makes because they had to pay him a lot of money to do that. 
Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe now they're well. I guess the season's not over, so they can't really be already getting the Big Ten money. Yeah, and also North Dakota State's not the North Dakota State from like two years ago. No, they're not the elite. It, the elite of the elite anymore, but they're still up there. Like obviously, even in their down years, like they're still one of the four best in FCS as it shows like right now. Yeah. Yeah. They just beat the piss uh, out of South Dakota. South Dakota was like the two seed and they won by. Oh yeah. Oh it, dude. I laid the six and a half with no North Dakota state. And I was like, Oh my God, this, this was the easiest bet I have ever played. Yeah. They were up by like t- four touchdowns at halftime. One, yeah. Oh, and dude, like, oh, I was so mad. I threw, I just threw smallest amount on um, Villanova money line. And dude, for a little bit, that game was like, that's all I did Saturday was watch FCS games, Army and Navy, and like a little bit of college basketball sprinkled in. And man, I thought for a second there, Villanova was about to pull off a miracle but yeah and i did not expect that to them going to the cold because it was so fucking cold in south dakota but i will say to everybody if you don't like watch fcs football it's it's good like i enjoy i watched mm-hmm. the entire entirety of albany and idaho on at 10 o'clock because there wasn't really any basketball games that piqued my interest and i was riding albany plus the points it was like four and a half and it's it's some damn good football dude i i i'll dabble in it from time to time it just looks like you're watching the max the mac right i think i think like slightly better though at times but the thing is the weather extremes you get are just there's no there's no I guess Mac at times, especially with those Michigan schools, can get absolutely dumped on with snow. But man, like when you see some of the Montana State games and the Montana, the like even in the South Dakota State game, that wind was insane. It completely changed the game. Hundred percent. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, UTEP hired uh, Scotty Walden. Uh, he was the Austin P head coach who went uh, 26 and 14. Um, yeah, I, no idea. Wait and see. No clue. Absolutely yeah. no clue. Uh, UL Monroe ended up hiring uh, Brian, Fa- uh, Brian Vincent who was the New Mexico offensive coordinator, and he was the UAB interim head coach who took over for uh, Clark. So I thought that he should have gotten the UAB job, but then they ended up going with Trent Dilfer. So for that reason, I think this is a great hire, and fuck UAB. Yep, 100%. Uh, Wyoming has uh, promoted their DC uh, Jay uh, Saval. I mean, the the fill up. 
Yeah, and I'm glad they promoted within too because you need somebody in that job that knows the culture, understands the landscape of the recruiting grounds, and a guy that's been that's been under the system for years is the right move. You can't just pluck some Cali boy offensive coordinator and plug him into Wyoming. He's not going to get it. You need a certain guy for that, and promoting within, I think, is the right move. I agree with you on that. Uh, all right, now to your school. Duke has hired Manny Diaz. I'm going to get my words out of the way first. I think this is a pretty good hire. I think Manny kind of got screwed by Miami. I mean, if you th- look at it, I'm pretty sure he w- his record's better than what uh, Crystal is. Balls is. It is. He got him a ball uh, every year, too. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just the expectations at Miami were just too high, and he wasn't hitting it, so they went for boomer bust, and right now you, they're busting. And... I just I think this is a great hire. I think it adds a lot, lot more juice and fun to the ACC, especially when we're gonna have Manny Diaz and Duke go up against Miami. We're gonna have Manny Diaz go up against uh, Mac Brown in what will now be a rivalry game, and he has been a thorn in the side of Mac Brown for a while. So I think this is a very good hire. What is your opinion on your hire? I didn't hate it by any means. I just, I kind of wish they went to it in like the Bob Chesney direction, like hiring like the up and comer and not somebody we probably know enough about, but I mean, what are you going to say? That's a, you, you get in a coach, that coach in the ACC, and had some set, some success in the ACC. As a Duke fan, like I, you got to realize sometimes you're still Duke. Like You get spoiled with some years with David Cutcliffe, like playing for an ACC title game against Florida State. Um, the two years you have with Mike Elko, where you exceeded expectations every single year, where Clemson comes into your house and you get a win. And you you had Notre Dame on the ropes, and you probably should have won that game. But I don't know. I I wish it went that route, but I do I do know that Duke's probably always going to be a springboard job. Like Manny Diaz goes into Duke and wins eight games the next two seasons, he's gone. That's just what it's going to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I remember growing up, and you know, being a Duke basketball fan was awesome. I would always root for the football team. We'd win three games every year, man. Like they're a long, they're way, way in a better spot than they used to be. Like Duke used to be the NCAA fourteen team school that everybody played with because they had not not terrible uniforms and you tried to build that program up. Like this that this mm-hmm. program has been shit for years. So if if you're being, I don't think fan bases don't want to hear it, but like being a springboard program isn't the worst thing in the world, in my opinion, at all. Am I wrong? You you're spoiled because you like you have one of the best three jobs in all of college football at Ohio State. Yes. So like I yes. get it. 
But being a springboard program, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Because if you're a Duke, would you rather be a springboard a springboard program or just a shit program forever? Because you're never going to be a, a powerhouse. It's just never going to happen. I'm sorry, it's just not. So take what you can get. I like Manny Diaz, and I hope he does wonders there. I'm interested to see what his offensive philosophy is going to be there in Durham. Um, I don't know if he's hired his OC yet, to be honest with you, or at all. But, I don't know. I like it. You can't really complain too much about it. Nah, I agree. Uh, and then lastly, Tulane hires uh, John Summerall, who was the Troy head coach. Um, I think this is a very good hire. I think this is a great way to, like, obviously Tulane's losing a lot. Pratt's basically done and i'm pretty sure that the backup uh, kai horton ended up hitting the portal so like you have a lot that you're gonna have to do but i think tulane is a school that you could have like i mean willie fritz showed you could have success there and make it to a new year six bowl so i think you could be the New Year Six representative in the playoff. Yep, I, I uh, like it too. Well, group of yeah, and being in Tulane too, you can kind of pick up the breadcrumbs that LSU and other SEC schools kind of gloss over. And again, I think it's going to be a little different watching Tulane football games than it was in the last few years. Because I mean, me and you've watched Troy all season long, a team that never was flashy. They just won football games. And mm -hmm. that style, I think, will really work in Tulane. And I love it, to be honest with you. I think this is one of the better hires. And especially, like, this, again, reminds me of the Jamie Chabell situation where he thought he could get a better job. But if you're Tulane, you're just tickled to death. Like, talk to fans of Liberty. Ask them how they're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, now to get into some of these uh, bowl games, because honestly, if I try to do any talking about the portal, we'll be here for fucking ever. We'll save I think that for portal, we'll, Yeah, the portal will be an episode all on its own, especially with now, at least with your boy making his announcement. There's going to start to be more of a trickle effect, and we'll finally get more announcements, but... To be honest with you, uh, let's get um, that might be something we do. Like, even if it's in the middle of college basketball season, just doing like a random Wednesday show, because we kind of want everything to play out. Because as soon as we do an episode, there's going to be a big portal move, and then it's going to trickle, and it's just going to be like mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. So maybe that's something. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll we'll figure something out. Well, I mean, I'm going to be giving updates even when we're talking about college football, but or college basketball, I mean. But all right, to jump into some of these uh, bowl games, just want to do a little quick hits. Uh, I ended up going through just about every single team and tried to figure out who is already in the portal, who has already announced that they will not be playing in the bowl game and just 
want to talk about the matchups and like, hey, watch out if this person isn't playing like they're no go. Do not bet. All right, so heading to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, looking at Georgia Southern's roster, like nobody's entered the portal there. That's of note. But for Ohio, you are going to be without your top quarterback and Curtis Rorick. Running, you're going to be without your top running back, and you're going to be without your top wide receiver. So, I mean, the good thing for OU is none of their defensive players have hit the portal. So, like, you could still lean on your defense, and that's something that they've had to do a lot this season. And I know with Georgia Southern, they have a very good uh, offense, but also... I mean, you could go. Why don't you take it away talking about our boy Davis Brent and what he brings to the table? Yeah, Davis Brent away from home. You never know what you're going to get. You might get five touchdowns. You might get five interceptions. So I haven't really dove into that, like a cider total in that game yet. But when you're betting Georgia Southern games, you really don't know what the fuck's going to happen. That's going to be the last we will ever see of Davis Brent. So I will watch this entire game. Oh yeah, I will have my eyes all over. I don't honestly like just knowing that you're going to be without the quarterback, running back, and top wide receiver. Like that makes things tough, in my opinion, for OU. But at the same time, even with those people already in the portal, they're still only three and a half point dogs. So I don't know that that line scares the uh, crap out of me. Uh, in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl uh, for Jacksonville State, no, no one's really hit the portal of note. Uh, for Louisiana, uh, li- uh, linebacker uh, Keandre Gant has hit the portal, who is a very good linebacker for Louisiana, if I remember correctly. I think he's there. He was their leading tackler. Uh, but, I mean, it's hard for me to do this breakdown and not talk about how much we just love Jacksonville State and what Rich Rod has been doing there mm-hmm. and how they can easily pull this off. And the fact that they're even playing in this game is amazing, too. Uh, yeah, for that reason, like, I, I, don't, I don't have any of the lines in front of me. I don't know if you have them pulled up, but... Like, for that reason, I just say Jacksonville State's going to win this game. Oh, like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to back them no matter what the spread is. But, uh, yeah. So, next one, we have the Cure Bowl for Miami. They will be without quarterback, uh, or Miami of Ohio. They will be without quarterback uh, Avion Smith, who ended up hitting the portal. And for Ab State, they're going to be without stud uh, running back uh, Nate Knoll and wide receiver Deshaun Davis. Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to believe that Miami's really going to have much of a fighter's chance in this game without Smith. Especially like Ab State has been 
very good. We haven't gotten to the juicies, but that will be Thursday, and there will be an App State player that is that does not get the love they should. But I just think that without the quarterback, I think it's an uphill battle for Miami, and I just think App State's going to find a way to destroy him. Yeah, I haven't got to the picks yet, but it's going to be a tough one for Miami. It's any team without their starting quarterbacks. Like, this whole bowl season is going to be very depictive. And do not – I don't care if you watch college football from week zero to conference championships. If you don't do your prep for the bowl week, don't make any bets, please. Do not make any bets until right before the game so you can make sure there is nobody announced out. Yeah right before because there's some you might lose some clv but just who cares like Mm -hmm. don't gamble on the line movement you don't know you you can depict you can depict in a normal setting where the line's going to move and where the public is going to have the money you you can't pick of an 18 year old transferring schools You, you just can't just wait also, while doing some research for Miami, you know what I was shocked to find? What's that? Gabbert's going to be back. Oh, no shit. He still has eligibility. Well, yeah, he's going to be back. Back or portal and knowing what the landscape is in 2023. No, he, no, no, no. He, like, after, after they won the MAC. Like a bunch of their players announced, like I'm pretty sure their whole offensive line announced that they were coming back. Gabber announced he was coming back. So yeah, watch out for Miami in the MAC next year. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, in the New Mexico Bowl, uh, for New Mexico State, no one's really out. Uh, for Fresno State. They will be without uh, backup quarterback, Logan Fife, who hit the portal. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is going to be such a fun game to watch, in my opinion. Two very good G5 teams. Like, I know Fresno State kind of fell off a little bit after we kind of crowned that they could be – one of the representatives for the New Year's Six Bowl. And they kind of fell off, but also, like, that's the... It kind of shows that the Mountain West was a little bit of a gauntlet, especially when, like, people were down on San Jose State to start, and then you saw that the rise that they had. Boise State, even though they had all their ups and downs, like, fired their coach and won the Mountain West. Wyoming was always a tough team, especially when they were at home. So, like, I know Fresno State's kind of fallen off, and I think people are finally realizing who New Mexico State is because they fucking beat Auburn. So, I, as of right now, I do not have a pick. I just cannot wait for this bowl game. Yeah, you're going to battle the two really good G5 teams, and I haven't really dove into my prep yet before we get picks out on Thursday, but it should be a really good one. It's going to be one that I'm definitely going to have my eyes on, and 
we'll see if Fresno can kind of bounce back from the disappointing end they've had to the season here. All right. In the LA Bowl uh, for UCLA, quarterback Dante Moore has hit the portal, and starting quarterback uh, Kamari Ramsey has hit the portal. Uh, for Boise State, quarterback Taylor Green has hit the portal, and wide receiver Eric uh, McAllister has hit the portal. So, I mean, for UCLA, I know I said Dante hit the portal, but, I mean, Schley and uh, Garbers were getting a lot of the play already, so it's not really much of a drop-off at quarterback at for Boise State, I mean, that's their starting quarterback. I don't know if Madsen's going to actually be healthy for the bowl game. I can't remember what he ended up uh, injuring, but uh, what do you think for this game? While I look up to see if there's any shot that Madsen's playing in this game. Well, to piggyback off what you said, like I think I would favor UCLA because they've Yes, Dante Moore is transferred, and he was a coveted five-star, but they've had Schley's played meaningful snaps. Um, the other guy has as well. So they, they have a replacement for him, and there's not enough significant moves of guys in the portal that makes me believe that they don't have a fighter's chance in this. And they are laying three and a half points. When your electric starting quarterback at Boise, Taylor Green, goes to an SEC school, like obviously he meant a lot to the program. So I would Mm kind of lean on UCLA here. Yeah, uh, I also forgot to say for UCLA, a lot to the star defensive end. Uh, He has already announced that he is going to the draft and also will not be playing in the bowl game. So, that kind of takes a little bit off for the defense, but also that defense is very fucking good. So yeah, and that was kind of expected. Yeah, and when I was looking, uh, Madsen had been announced out for the season. I can't fully remember what the injury that he had was, but yeah, you're going into a situation where you have a quarterback playing that you haven't played much. Mm-hmm. Uh so in, next in the Radiance uh, Tech Independence Bowl for Cal, uh, linebacker Caleb uh, Elam's or has hit the portal and starting cornerback uh, J- uh, Jeremiah Arby has hit the portal for Texas Tech, uh, wide receiver Miles Price and wide receiver uh, Jaron Bread or Bradley has hit, or wait, I think I have that wrong. No, he hit the portal. Uh, But either way, I have no idea what the hell to expect in this game. For some reason, I thought Mendoza ended up hitting the portal, but I haven't, I don't remember if I saw his name. But uh, you have any idea what to expect in this? In this game. No, I will have a play for this, as I will for every single bowl game, but this one is probably one of the harder ones to handicap here. I have no clue. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I'm assuming he's going to play. I never, I had, I kept trying to look up to see if he was playing in this bowl game, and I saw 
nothing that's said, but uh, obviously watch if anything pops up before the bowl game or not. Uh, next one in the famous Toastery Bowl, Western Kentucky will be without starting cornerback uh, Upton Stout, who is a very good cornerback, and linebacker Desiam uh, Baker for Old Dominion wide receiver uh, Javon Harvey and starting safety uh, Terry Jones have both entered the portal. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like how we have been with Western Kentucky this whole season, like trying to remind people like this is not the Western Kentucky of old. And you and I have been kind of on Old Dominion. Like in this game right now, I kind of lead Old Dominion, but I don't, I have no fucking idea. I lean over to you too, and I'll have a play on this when we come Thursday. All I really care about is seeing the players eat the mascot. That's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. The fucking toastery. That should be a goddamn Pop-Tarts. Close enough, right? I don't that's what I don't understand what this fucking bowl is. Dude, the bowl, the, so do we have the The bowl games have gotten out of fucking hand. It used to be fucking Goodyear, Budweiser Bowl. Fucking brands I've heard. Now we have the fucking Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Like, what the... The 68 Ventures Bowl. I don't know any of these companies. Well, here, here's another company that you... Well, you might actually know this company because you are such an addict. Uh, Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl. Yeah, what the fuck is uh, this? <laughs> Never um, heard of that company at all. If it's not fucking Folgers or Townhouse, I don't know what it is when it comes to coffee. Uh, all right. For UTSA, Edge, uh, Trey Moore has hit the portal, who is probably their best defensive player. And, I mean, one, know how talented he is. He's already take. I'm pretty sure he's already taken a visit to Texas, which – I'm pretty sure that's an easy visit for him considering he was playing at UTSA. But then he's going to be taking an official visit to Ohio State and a couple go. of the other other top schools are in on him. He already has crystal balls to Texas, so I'm not really getting my hopes up for that. But at the same time, like I, I don't really know what we have coming back on the D-line, so he'd be a great addition. But uh, for Marshall... Quarterback uh, Cam Francher and uh, wide receiver Caleb Combs have hit the portal. Um, so for, I mean, I lean UTSA really hard in this game because uh, you have Frank Harris in his last game at UTSA, and he's meant a lot to that school. I I don't even know if there's any more records that he can end up breaking there. Uh plus like for Marshall, you don't have we don't really know what to expect at quarterback. I know we're gonna get Chad Pennington's son starting, but I mean who knows? Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I think I'll take UTSA because of like you said, Frank Harris's last collegiate football game, and he's meant so much to UTSA and the rise that they've had, getting them from the Conference USA to the American and competing for an American championship in one year. So 
and the fact that Marshall's been very, very much downhill since they lost NC State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not... What? So you know how I do those, like, fucking 20 cent to win, like, $20,000 parlays of the correct score in the college games? I missed the fucking yeah. UMass Lau. They scored with t- uh, 10 seconds left to fuck that up. I had it exactly right. That sucks. Oh. I had it. It finished 78 to 65. I had it 78 to 63. And they scored with 10 seconds left. Granted, the other leg's dead, but I don't know. Keep going. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, it was 20 cents right, to win $20,000. <laughs> I need the other game to hit, though. I, what I was going to say was, did you also see some of the comments about uh, Cam, the Marshall quarterback, uh, transferring or hitting the portal? Well, the what fans, the coach said. The coach basically saying the fans hated him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, those are all over Twitter. It's yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. All right, next in the roof claim dot com Boca Raton Bowl uh, for USF we don't have really anybody in the portal uh, for Syracuse uh, starting linebacker uh, Leon Lowry has hit the portal uh, yeah I really don't know what to expect um, me being the agent of chaos I have been with USF at times this season not giving out pay, not Never willing to give out the picks involving them. Okay, actually, there were a couple of times that they gave out picks involving USF. But there were a lot of weeks that I was betting on crazy USF shit and just wasn't giving it out. Like, I kind of lean USF. And also, they ended up just getting a very big uh, tight end recruit who was committed to Tennessee, and they flipped him. Kind of like a big uh, fuck you to uh, the God. I forget what the USF coach's name. Gullish. Yeah, because he was the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know yet. That's gonna be that's gonna be one I'm gonna have to dive in harder when we give up picks on this one. I think I would lean over because yeah, it's also hard to go against Syracuse because they've actually like I don't want to say have been good, but they've figured shit out. They've to end the season, they were kind of figuring shit out offensively. Yeah, hundred percent. Like getting around Schrader's deficiencies of being able to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the H- Union Home Mortgage uh, Gasparilla Bowl. For UCF, uh, they will be without uh, starting cornerback uh, Corey Thornton. For Georgia Tech, Ed, they will be without Edge uh, Kyle Kennard. This game, I do like. Look, just looking at the names, I'm gonna be on the over. Oh, of course you will be. I don't even know what it is, and I'm I'm probably gonna be on the over. Yeah, no one can blame me on that. I mean, that's very typical Connor Holiday fashion. Um, I don't really know where I lean either way. Um, I, maybe Georgia Tech because I 
just kind of rooted for them over the last, like all year, and I've liked the way Haynes King has kind of slung the ball around. But UCF was also picking it up down the stretch once, once Plumlee got back to full health. I mean, it's kind of funny that we're going to have, like, the matchup between Haynes King and John Rice Plumley. Oh, yeah. Like, they're kind of like carbon copies. Like, maybe you could say that, uh, I, I don't know. Is he that much better of a thrower than, is Haynes King that much better of a thrower than John Rice Plumley? Oh, I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. I might okay. throw back. I, I, I was like, I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah. am I crazy to say that? Yeah. I, I will stop. I will say we're an hour and 10 in here. Um, the rest of the slate we probably should cover later anyway because we are still 11 days away from letting people know who is in and out of the portal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we'll cover that once the. Because we're not getting into basketball until football's over with. I can't. I don't want to do the cross thing. So we'll get to that mm. Thursday. We will have all our picks up till what Wednesday. Yeah. No. no or we should probably pick the Thursday game. Tuesday. Oh no, no no I'm my my shit's all backwards. Yeah, up till Tuesday, and then mm. we also have the juicies, the college football awards. Yes. And I got the music on my soundboard here all dubbed up but I'll save that for the juices you know the you know the song oh god the world's greatest tiktok of all time and my girlfriend is very tired of oh my god <laughs> but it's awesome oh we're so stupid oh we are and you'll find out about that but we will see you guys on Thursday with the Juicies and picks for the bowl season. So we're out of here. Peace.